This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer and it's Monday and we have a lot to talk about today I feel like this weekend was, you know, it was, it was chill, it was easy There was like this really crazy thunder and lightning storm in New York. And I woke up at like 2.30 in the morning on Saturday night, Sunday morning. And I had been, I had been drinking. And then I I woke up and I was like, I don't know where I am in space and time right now. But here in space and time, I'm happy to be here because we have a lot to talk about on Bravo. We got the Salt Lake City trailer last week. We're going to get into that a little bit. Lindsay Hubbard had her bridal shower over the weekend. There's a really funny story about Bethany in page six that we're going to talk about. And then a little bit of Roni. It's it's a full slate today. I'll start with Lindsay because I feel like that's kind of the quickest thing to get into. She had her bridal shower over the weekend. She and Carl are preparing to tie the knot in the next couple months. And it's mostly just notable because of who was there and who was not. Um, Danielle was in attendance along with Sierra, Sam, Gabby, and Amanda. So notably, that means no Paige and no Maya at the bridal shower. Somebody asked, I did the sort of a mailbag episode recently, and somebody asked if I thought that Danielle was going to be at Lindsay and Carl's wedding. Obviously, they ended last season of Summer House not in a good place. I didn't talk about it at the time because I didn't really have any information, but I suspected that they would figure it out enough at least to be on cordial terms. And I feel like this is kind of that confirmation. They've been filming Summer House together this season. Um, and obviously, if you know if Danielle's on the, the yes list enough to be at the bridal shower, I feel like that probably means she's going to be at the wedding, which I'm happy about. I thought that their issues last season were interesting and not, you know, not completely superficial. I thought there were real things that they needed to kind of iron out in their friendship and the changing dynamics as Lindsay and Carl got closer. But overall, it's the kind of thing where like, I don't really feel like they needed to end that relationship over what happened. So I'm, I'm glad that it seems like they're doing better. And honestly, that makes me more more excited for the next season of Summer House because I think it's not fun to watch people just stuck in the same place. So the fact that they are having some progress to me is a good sign. Speaking of upcoming seasons, Salt Lake City coming back September 5th. That is very soon. They, The timeline of Bravo announcing new seasons is always a little bit interesting. And it's all it always seems like it changes every year. Every show is a little bit different. Like we got the Southern Charm announcement a couple weeks ago, but it's premiering like nine days after Salt Lake City. So there's no real formula for when these things come out. And honestly, I don't know when they were planning to drop the Salt Lake City trailer. But what happened last week was on Wednesday, I believe it was, the 
cast photo leaked online, kind of a grainy version, but it was the the same photo that then a couple hours later, Bravo posted on their socials. And <laughs> the caption I thought was funny. They said something slipped through the ice. But then the next day they dropped the trailer. Maybe the trailer was dropping that day already. Maybe that was kind of a last minute scramble to get ahead of a possible leak. But I'm happy it's here because the trailer looks good. I think Salt Lake City was in an interesting, tough place last season because obviously the stuff with Jen just kind of overshadowed everything else that was happening. And it felt like we had sort of hit a wall with what else we could do with this cast. But I don't know. It seems like they turned it around. Lisa Barlow is in my DM saying it's a great season. And Lisa Barlow, I believe it. I would, I, I mean, Lisa is one of the people on Bravo who I'd kind of watch her do anything. So I'm not super worried about that. But in terms of the actual group drama, it looks like we're getting more Meredith versus Lisa. We're getting more Whitney and Heather for sure. Mary is back and she's throwing darts left and right. She's calling Whitney a bobblehead. She's telling Heather she looks inbred. Um, she's asking if Lisa has a mute button. The answer we all know is no. She, I'm always on play. It's like, yes, bitch. She's like giving tagline. Angie Kay is full time this season. Apparently there's a money laundering rumor about her and her husband. I don't know that I want to go back to a place of financial crimes on Salt Lake City this soon, but Angie Kay is... She's she's interesting. She she definitely gives something. I don't know if she gives what we need her to give, but it is promising to me. You know, she had some good moments last season and obviously they liked what they saw enough to bring her back. But, you know, it must be so embarrassing to be Angie Harrington these days because that girlie was getting chances from season one on Salt Lake City. She even got a cast photo last year, you know, they when they brought in the three, the Trace Amigas bargain bin edition of Angie and Angie and Dana. And Angie Harrington, who seemed like she was set up for success on this show, was, was you know, had big things ahead of her, nowhere to be found. And meanwhile, this other Angie has just usurped her. And she's a full-time housewife. Angie Katzenavis, good job. Angie Harrington, good luck showing your face. We have Monica, who is new. She seems fun. She definitely has, you know, an interesting background. She's We find out she's an excommunicated former Mormon. So that, I'm sure, is going to be really interesting. Uh, we see her feuding with Heather a little bit. It looks like maybe she has issues with, I don't know, maybe just Heather. I'm sure there's somebody else. But this trailer, I feel like it just, it seems like there is sort of fresh lifeblood in the show. And I mean that with the new people, but also just with the overall vibe. It seems like still drama, but in a way that is less weighted down. And I think with with everything that was happening with Jen and then kind of the orbit around that, it just, the vibes were not good. And this, seeing in the trailer, Meredith and Lisa, like in a dark alleyway somewhere, I don't know, and Meredith just going, you want me to go there with husband? I can go there. Don't fuck with me. And it's like, I don't know what specific like accent or what made up country Meredith Marks is from. But the way her grasp of the English language, the way that she makes words come out of her mouth. You want me to go there with husband? <laughs> It's giving a mix of like Heath Ledger as the Joker and like Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice. 
Like there's like a little bit of Eastern European somewhere, but then also it's just slightly deranged. But then with Meredith's like Jewish New York by way of Chicago, by way of Salt Lake City, like it's impossible. It's impossible to get a read on Meredith's linguistic journey. Um, And I can't wait for more of that. (laughs) My other favorite, my other favorite quote that's not from Mary Cosby in the trailer is is Seth Marks just going, what the frick's the rumor with Angie (laughs) K? Oh my God. I feel like I haven't heard anybody say what the frick since like seventh grade maybe was the expiration date on that before we just graduated to actually cursing. But you know, what the frick is the rumor with Angie K? I can't wait to find out. And we're going to find out on September 5th. Obviously, I'll be talking about the whole season. So good things to come. We're going to have a fun September. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50% modal. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% percent less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot mention to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com mention. Which brings us to Bethany. I feel like 
I have such mixed feelings about all of the Bethany coverage lately because on one hand, I feel like I'm so damn sick of her. But then on the other hand, it's like there's so much to talk about and there keeps being new headlines and developments and information. And I saw this story in page six this morning and I immediately rolled my eyes and was like, Ugh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to talk about that. And this story is here's the headline. Bethany Frankel pitched a show to Bravo just months before calling it, quote, grotesque and depraved for treatment of reality stars. Of course, we know that Bethany is currently very into this idea of a reality union. She has hired these two powerful attorneys who sent this letter to NBC Universal about conditions on their shows, XYZ. I've talked about this a little bit. I am very much in favor of the idea of a union or more protections for people on reality shows. I think this is a noble cause. I think it is something that is overdue and important. But I have said that I have, you know, sort of questions and reservations about Bethany kind of being the public champion of this because I think, first of all, I think she likes attention, but also it's a little bit pot and kettle. I mean, I watched The Big Shot with Bethany that you know, memory hold project from 2021. I don't know if any of you watched it or remembered it, but it seemed like a goddamn disaster. And I'm sure that the people on that show have some stories about Bethany Frankel. And this is another interesting one. So this is a quote from the article, page six. We're told the former Real Housewives of New York star who starred in two of her very own spinoffs and a smattering of other shows for the NBC Universal subsidiary got the go ahead from network execs to develop the show, which was set to star Susan Sarandon's daughter, the actress slash blogger Eva Amuri. But we hear there was some kind of bust up between Frankel and the production company that she was working with and the project was shelved, though Bravo remained theoretically interested in the comings and goings of Westport's most delectably nepolicious residents. First of all, I mean, that writing just <laughs> chef's <laughs> delectably nepolicious is uh, what world are we living in? But anyway, th th this is interesting for a couple reasons. First of all, the idea that Bethany in allegedly in 2023 was actively working with Bravo to try and get another show off the ground, which I don't know if she was thinking that she would be in this show. I have a feeling probably not. But based on a lot of the things she said about Bravo and all this stuff, it is sort of wild that perhaps just a few months ago, she was actively working on developing a show like this. And another thing that the article notes is that according to their source, a part of the concept for this show was that it would feature the kids of these women of these people and you know this is something where bethany has is bringing up all these topics about how people are exploited and you know their shit is aired out and it's it's not good for families and xyz and it does seem like this is kind of exactly what she's talking about and you know this show didn't end up happening so maybe it would have been more of a positive experience it's impossible to know but it, it it is just kind of, it feels like Bethany has really tried to have her cake and eat it too here a little bit. But the other part of this that is so interesting to me is that last month there was a post on Demois, which I always take with a, a heaping teaspoon of salt. But they said, quote, rumor has it a new Housewives location being filmed in Fairfield County, Connecticut. Daughter of A-list actress, wife whose father-in-law owns hotels in Palm Beach, and wife of Greenwich philanthropist are the people being named around these quiet towns. So this is a Dumois, you know, somebody sent this in, they posted it. There's no kind of confirmation or, you know, further sourcing of this 
alleged Connecticut Housewives show, but daughter of A-list actress, I think most people assumed is referring to Eva Amuri. And if you're if you're fully unfamiliar with her, I one of my favorite podcasts is Who Weekly, and they they've talked about Eva Amuri many times over the years. She is a pretty prolific lifestyle blogger, kind of very classic, like 2010s aesthetic photos of home and clothes and life and momminess and XYZ. She went through a divorce a few years ago. Obviously, her mother is Susan Sarandon. Her mom is not super present in her content as a blogger, but obviously, I feel like we would get kind of like Teddy Mellencamp vibes if she was ever on Bravo. So this is interesting. I mean, it seems like this is the type of thing that would be good material for a Bravo show. Apparently, Andy has mentioned in the past that Connecticut is somewhere they've looked at for possible expansion franchises and decided that it was too close or too intertwined with New York City and that it wouldn't really work to have both. I think that's, I definitely see how that would be the case. But at the same time, I feel like if you found the right group of women, you could make it work. Obviously, living in Connecticut in like a affluent suburb is different than living in Tribeca. More on that in a minute. But Yeah, I don't know if this show is happening. I don't have any specific tea. I kind of would doubt that they're already filming this show if people, if the only, you know, this was posted on Demois almost a month ago and I haven't seen any follow-ups on it. So I feel like if if there was really a group filming in these, quote, quiet towns of Connecticut, I think we would pick up on that pretty quickly. But I'm very interested to see what happens. I did post, I posted a little poll on the Bravo by Betcha's story just a couple hours ago. So if you, you know, it still is has not expired. But I asked I for a pulse check of, do you think Bethany is serious about a reality union or is she hopping on the bandwagon for clout? So far, let's see, 58% said she wants attention. 5% said her intentions are good. And 37% said probably a bit of both. I think that's pretty much where I fall in terms of like, I don't think Bethany is a truly evil person or anything, but I think she likes positive attention. And I think this is, um, for the most part, getting her that attention. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week, grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <sighs> but turning our attention to, you know, what's happening on Roni these days, which is honestly a lot more fun to talk about, another good episode. We pick up where we left off at Bryn's giving and... Bryn, right off the bat, is sharing more about her childhood and her relationship with her father. I I think she is doing an excellent job of towing the line between sort of the fun, bubbly, flirtatious, over-the-top, young, hot housewife persona and really getting emotional and raw and showing us that she has multiple sides to herself. Because I think in the lead up to the season, when we heard her tagline and when we were kind of like seeing clips of her and, you know, the watch what happens live, like it, it's easy to feel like, oh, is this just the, sh- the shtick that she does all the time where it's just like drunk and horny and whatever. And I think that these last couple episodes have really pulled back the curtain on who she is as a person. And I think that is sort of textbook good housewife tactic that it's like we already were enjoying her because she's fun, but now we feel like we have an actual connection to her and an actual deep personal, like it feels like we care about her as an audience. And I think that's a good thing to kind of build over the course of the first season. Um, Meanwhile, I don't know if Jessel is doing such a good job at making sure that we care about her on an emotional level because she's just kind of, um, she's letting her words flow a little too freely, I think, this season. And I'm enjoying it because I enjoy messiness. But in terms of the, the friend group and how these women feel about her and whether they want to spend time with her, I think she is walking on thin ice a little bit because at the at the friendsgiving uh Brand Aaron brings up the comment that Jessel made about them being cackling hags in the Hamptons. Um Jessel is defensive and is basically like, "Oh baby, well I mean, I'm from you know, in in London that's just something we say." She's like, "You know, you know, we're calling people twats and you know, whatever and you know, it's it's not like a, a cackling hag. It's just like cackling hags." Cackling old hags. And it's like, oh, now you said old? (laughs) I get what she's saying. I don't think cackling hags was like meant super maliciously. But basically what the women are picking up on is that Jessel will let her words flow. And then she'll maybe make a little bit of a misstep or say something that is taken a certain way. And it's not that she's denying she said it, but she's not really willing to take a step back and be like, I didn't say it in this way, but I understand that's how it came across. And obviously, I wouldn't want to make you feel like that. So I'm sorry that I did. We're kind of missing that last step where it's like, oh, please. Well, of course I said it, but don't be ridiculous. Like it wasn't an insult. And the thing is, when you're in a group like this, and I mean, even in real life, it's like in impact matters more than intention. And that is something that I think we... A lot of us have learned societally over the last, you know, handful of years. And Jessel seems to be a little bit slow on the uptake there. You know, Jessel says she was sad in the Hamptons because she missed her kids. And the other women are like, well, why didn't you just like say that? Like if you're if you're acting sullen and rude and, you know, whatever, like you don't want to be there. We're not automatically going to assume, well, oh, she's acting. She's being cold to me because she misses her kids. Like, there are a million reasons why she could be acting cold. And if there's a specific one, it's like half of these women have kids. You could 
you can talk about that. You should you should talk about that. But I don't know. And then this question of her working, she mentions that she has a work event. Aaron is like, oh, oh, are you working? I, I didn't know you were working. And Jessa's like, well, of course I'm, baby, I work. And it's like <laughs> the sound that's been on TikTok lately, that's Tokyo Tony. And it's like, no, baby, I, I own businesses. I work. Tokyo Tony's trucking. I don't have bookings. I work. And that's, it's like, so Aaron basically tells us that Jessel told her that she was taking a break from work after having the kids. And now we find out this episode that Jessel has launched a consultancy called The Know, like in the know, very clever. And so she's working again. She's picking up clients. She's doing events and stuff. That's great. And she's like, I've always worked my entire life. I've worked whatever. And it's like, when they show up for coffee in Tribeca and they're talking about this, and Jessel tries to make the leap of saying that because Aaron thought she wasn't working or implied she didn't work, that she doesn't support women. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's flat out ridiculous. It has nothing to do with her. It literally is based on a conversation they had at some point prior. And at the time, Jessel wasn't working. If I meet somebody and they're like, oh, I don't eat meat. I'm a vegetarian. And then the next time we hang out, they're like, eh, I think I, I think I want the chicken. It's not offensive for me to be like, oh, you eat meat. It's literally just like, that's how you get to know things about somebody. You ask questions. You're curious. You bring up things. If somebody ha is having, she's throwing a work event for one of her clients. That's interesting. I want to know about it, whether or not it's news to me that she's working. And I feel like Jessel is a little bit, she's like creating a problem where there isn't really one. And Aaron asking about her work never seemed like anything that was malicious. It was just like, oh, like this is, this is news to me objectively and the fact that she couldn't just take that. It, 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 it's a little strange. Um, but of course, the, the funniest part about this Tribeca thing is the clip that was on social media last week where Jessel refers to Tribeca as an up-and-coming area. Aaron says, you know, it's it's there. It's like one of the most expensive zip codes in New York. I think it's there. And she's like, is it there? Is it? So I, I do have a DM from Jessel. Um, I posted this clip last week. And I told her she gives good sound bites. And she said, LOL, I'm here for good time. Also, like, sorry, Jessel, I'm reading this. She said, for the record, I was talking about all the new restaurants popping up in the area. Maybe up and coming wasn't it. So, you know, she's, she's, if you heard that sound, it was me snapping my Meredith Marks pop socket shut on the back of my phone. So she knows. I think she knows that the delivery can be a little harsh. And I, I also feel like with Jessel, this could be something where I think that, being on TV can really be eye-opening for people in a way about how they communicate and how they come across. And I do wonder for her if watching this season, she's having a couple of light bulb moments where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I see it. Because I think for a lot of people, you go through your life and if you if you make a comment that rubs someone the wrong way, unless you have the kind of relationship where that person is going to call you on it and you're going to talk it through, a lot of the time stuff just kind of floats into the air. You know, somebody might be upset for a few days, but then you kind of forget about it. You let it go. You, you don't see each other for a few weeks and then it's, you know, you're on to the next. So I think having the experience of everything being filmed and then it being shown back to you 
with commentary from the other women, with lots of people on social media watching, reacting, X, Y, Z. I think for a lot of people, that first season is kind of like a, like looking in the mirror for real for the first time. And I'm I'm curious kind of what Jessel's takeaway is going to be. Because I think I like her energy on the show. Like, I think it's it's fun to watch and to unpack. But like, also, I get where everybody else is coming from. And when Bryn and Sai and Aaron are at this coffee shop and they're talking about this stuff with Jessel, it's like all of them are kind of coming to this understanding. Aaron says that they had two different conversations before and it's like arguing with a chat bot. Bryn is saying that Jessel wants to move on, but she doesn't actually want to take the steps that allow you to move on as a friend, which is both people kind of owning their side. You know, that's the thing with housewives is that it's like, if you want to sustain your position in the group, you got to keep it moving. You got to, you got to know when to plant the flag and when to pack up and move to the next place. And I feel like Jessel is, is a little bit stuck right now. We get a, a fun little mini moment of Jenna Lyons going through her closet rack by rack and deciding what she's going to sell. And I will just say right now, if they're ever looking for spinoff web content, Peacock, whatever, I would watch hours of Jenna Lyons going through her closet item by item. I want to know the story. I want to know the where she got it. I want to know where she wore it. I want to know what happened to her while she was in those clothes. She's going through the closet and it's like, okay, Met Ball, Met Ball, White House when I met the Obamas. That one was meeting Kate Middleton. Uh, that one I wore for my engagement pictures. That's not really special. Um, this one was my her senior project from Parsons where she, Donna Karen was like, this needs to be quilted and she didn't have money. So she used a comforter and it's like the most fabulous fucking jacket I've ever seen in my life. Like Jenna Lyons closet is more interesting than half of the housewives currently on Bravo. There. I said it. I said, it. I stand by it. I, I really just want, also there's this video on TikTok. Jenna is obsessed with lacquered, unlacquered brass. It's like, so it's like this metal material that is a little bit like, tarnished looking I'm, I'm pulling up the tiktok right now so i can tell you where to watch it because that's the worst when you talk about something and don't know where it's from um okay this tiktok is an account called it's at schumacher 1889 i don't know where the clip originally came from but it's unlacquered brass she has it everywhere in her apartment her bathtubs her sinks her appliances i'm like that is that's class that's somebody i want to hear more about jenna might be getting herself into the drama a little bit because she skips jessel's event she says that she has an event at her house. The event at her house is decorating the Christmas tree with her son and her two goddaughters. And look, I I understand. She is in a split custody situation. She doesn't get to spend 100% of her time with her son. I get that there are certain moments that need to happen. But Jenna, my love, it is not the same as saying that you have an event that night and the women if you had if you had stated your case and you had explained it it would have been fine but all of a sudden you kind of told a white lie and now you have put a bad taste in the other women's mouth and Brynn in particular is like well I feel like if I pulled the same shit I would never hear the end of it and she calls her Jenna Lyon emphasis on the L-I-E and we see that Jenna's gonna confront her about it next week and this is this is very exciting to me because I'm like yes 
Jenna, get in there. Jenna versus Bryn. Let's go. Ding, ding, ding. Round two. I don't think this is going to be some like blow up argument, but I am excited to see Jenna kind of like exist in the in the world of housewives drama. And I think it's finally coming. But yeah, I mean, the event looks nice. Everybody still is talking about the issues with Jessel. You know, Cy arrives and immediately is asking about the drama with Aaron. And, you know, that's how you get to work to me. It's like, this is an event. It's, I guess it's for charity. It's for fashion, whatever. It's like, no, it's for drama. That's why you're here. The camera crew's here. You know, Lynn Yeager's there. Everybody's there. But you're you're here for drama. That's your job. Another Jessel quote I wrote down. At this point, they're making assumptions based on how I sound and look. Isn't that illegal in America? And it's like, okay, first first of all, we got some learning to do about America. But also it's like, Jessel, they're they're making the assumption that you seem like kind of a, a snooty biatch because you're kind of acting like a snooty biatch. Like, I don't... <laughs> Sai telling Jessel that she seems like she comes from money is because of the vibe that Jessel is giving out, not because she like looked at her and was like, that girl's loaded. It's like, uh, I see both sides a little bit, but I think I think Jessel needs to reel it in just a little bit. But anyway, you know, the party goes nicely. Pavitt's putting a carrot stick in his champagne. Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, Aaron says the white wine is rancid. What more could you want from housewives? I I just want to hear that somebody thinks the white wine that somebody else is serving at their house is rancid. You know, it goes both ways because, you know, Aaron didn't provide enough food. And who knows next time whether she will. <laughs> that is, that's Roni for this week. That is mentioned it all for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later this week with more. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches, and you can follow me at Dylan Hafer. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.